0: Hello, Beautiful Women, Inc. listeners. My guest this week is Tala Akhavan, COO of Pietra, a platform that makes it possible to launch the brand you've always dreamt of. Tala, a former Uber executive, recently joined the Creator Economy platform and has made it her mission to democratize access for female entrepreneurship via the platform's capabilities. As a first-time mother, Tala knows the struggle of wanting to give it her all at motherhood as well as her professional trajectory. While giving birth in the height of the pandemic, she made the uncharacteristic choice to not return to her secure job at Uber when her maternity leave ended. Leaving to become a full-time stay-at-home mom, Tala has experienced firsthand the current workplace models and policies are not structured to support women who seek fulfillment in both areas. There has been a spike in female entrepreneurship coming out of the pandemic, but at present there is little transparency across markets to launch a product in a financially feasible and time efficient manner. You guys, I didn't look at my notes one time this entire episode, Tala and I just flowed. And actually after we stopped recording, we chatted for another half an hour and she said something that I think is so powerful. She told me that when she was offered the role at Pietra, she was actually offered the same role at a different company for double the salary. She turned it down because they weren't as accommodating to her must of being able to be a present mom. I believe that is the definition of being in your worth and as Tala mentions, holding the line. I loved this episode you guys are just going to get so so much out of this and i'm so honored to have had tala on so now let's get over to my conversation with tala welcome to the woman inc podcast this is the place for the new generation of women looking to lead the life of their absolute dreams i'm your host jenna toddy entrepreneur life coach and strategist for modern business women and entrepreneurs I am a city girl, sriracha lover, and that friend who will hype you up when you forget how powerful you truly are. I am on a mission to make Women, Inc. the most powerful network of women who are leveling up, owning what they want, and becoming who they've always wanted to be. Have you ever wondered what it would look like if you went all in on yourself? No turning back. If so, you are in the right place, my girl let's get started. Hi, Tala. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Very excited. Of course. So you have such an interesting background. And before we get into your current job, can you kind of walk us back to your career? I know you were an executive at Uber. Can you walk us back to what led you to where you are now? Oh, how far back should you go?
1: Um, <laughs> all the way to the beginning. No, just kidding. All the way to the beginning. Yeah. I think what was probably a little bit unusual about me is growing up, I, I was like very interested in the technical side of things. I loved math growing up science, math. I actually wanted to be a doctor for a long time. But then as I got older, I really also developed an appreciation for kind of the humanities and the and the more creative side of things. And so as I kind of went through college and majored, I, I majored in math, but also in sustainable development. So focusing on kind of how to develop the lesser developed world in a way that's environmentally conscious, that thinks about Uh, the next decades or the next centuries of impact. And I really wanted to explore like kind of where the soft skills and the the hard skills intersected. And so going out of college, I, I went into management consulting. Which was a really kind of perfect combination of those two skills because there's definitely the technical side, but there's a lot of sort of soft skills required to kind of translate your analysis or translate your recommendations into something that's digestible and actionable and sellable. Right. And so really sort of understanding how businesses are struggling from like the math standpoint, but also from the human standpoint was really, really fascinating to me in consulting. And I was focused on the commercial retail side of financial services. So credit card strategy, mortgage strategy, it definitely honed my skills on both kind of sides of of the house or the brain. And then actually at the end of kind of my tenure in consulting, a friend of mine, who I had worked with at this firm, had moved on to Uber, and he said to me, "Tala, like you, you have to check out this company." Um, this was early days. This was 2015. This is the like the most interesting workplace environment. It's super fast. Everyone's super smart. They're building something awesome. You would be perfect for it. And so I wasn't thinking of leaving consulting. I was on a great trajectory there, really passionate about it. I was really focused on actually mobile payments at the time. So how to create digital financial services for um, regular consumers. This was at the time where like not every bank had a mobile app. Apple Pay didn't exist yet. So that was really my space. And so I was kind of hesitant to leave, but I interviewed with Uber, got the job, never interviewed anywhere else, and couldn't really say no. It was just too interesting. So went over to Uber in 2015. At the time, Uber was kind of structured in a distributed model, so every city um, was run like a business. And so at the time, I was living in New York, and I was responsible for um, kind of overseeing the shared rides business for the New York market. So that was all the kind of sh- shared ride-sharing products like Uber Pool. Well, that was actually the only one at the time. We <laughs> built a couple others. <laughs> I but, miss Uber Pool. Um, but- <laughs> I know. I know. We could talk for hours about Uber pool. But but uh, yeah. So so anyway, I owned that product for that market at the time. And then my roles kind of evolved over there going, going forward. So then I took on shared rides for all of North America. So running operations for all of the shared ride cities in the US and Canada. Then that expanded to all of the economy products, quote unquote, which is really sort of the affordable product suite um, in Uber's um, set of offerings: so Uber X, Uber Pool, Taxi, Excel, those. And then in my final role at Uber, I was the chief of staff for one of the C-suite members, focused across the company on kind of how do we think about our customers holistically across Uber Rides, Uber Eats, etc. Very long-winded answer. I but... love it. No, I mean
0: I, I set I set you up for that. That's I love it. <laughs> so obviously. Uber is, especially in early days of a startup, I'm sure would be super interesting and so much going on. One, just as a woman, like, how do you feel that you grew working in that environment? Like, who did you have to become to be someone who was successful at a position like that?
1: This is such an interesting topic because you know women have this really interesting responsibility in the corporate world, right? There's this mindset of like women have to be tough and hard and resilient and act like quote unquote men, which which obviously like that you know that way of thinking is kind of antiquated, but there's an element of that that's that's real, right? And then there's the other side of it where it's like women have to um, take that opportunity and take that responsibility to redefine the culture and say hey, I don't have to be cutthroat to succeed. I can be nice to succeed. Um, And I think that's something I learned at Uber. It took kind of the five years of being at Uber to really self-actualize in that way. In the beginning, my team was entirely male. I was the only female. And I think the head of the team at the time, who I am still friendly with and respect so much because we get along really well. He was a little bit of a cutthroat guy. And the people <laughs> that he liked were the people with thick skin with, with, you know, who were a little bit tough. My first week I went into a meeting and I presented something and he yelled at me and he was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, <gasps> you know, this is not true whatever. And then actually by the end of the meeting, when I, when I kind of fought for myself, he, uh, he walked back and he was like, you're right. And I think, <laughs> you know, it's a good example of, of how being, thick-skinned can really kind of help you persevere. But I don't think that going forward, that should be a requisite to succeeding as a woman or as a man in the corporate environment.
0: Yeah. God, I feel you. I work in in VC with a lot of men. And its I don't know if you can identify this, but it's almost like, a version of you has to be created to survive. And it's not that it isn't you, it is you. It's just a version of you that maybe wasn't as prominent before you really needed it in that environment.
1: Totally, totally. And it's funny because I've actually found that becoming a parent, ironically, has really, really helped me like round out all of those mindsets and round out all of those skills because being a parent, especially... With a toddler requires like a lot of self-control and a lot of mindset management. And that's so helpful in the work environment, right? Like when someone says something that kind of sets you off or when someone says something that's frankly just rude, <laughs> yeah. um, like really sort of checking your mindset and, and like bringing yourself down to the ground is so, so important. And, I think that it's really, really helped me in the past year or so going into this role and and the stakes being super high and the personalities being, you know, all over the place. It's been really, really valuable. So let's get in then
0: to your new role, Pietra. Yeah. So you're the chief operating officer. I think this is such an amazing company. Like I am obsessed with the concept of Pietra. Can you find me? So am I. (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's
0: good. That's good. So... Can you first, you made this big change during the pandemic when there's everything changing, which is, you know, a big risk leaving a comfortable and huge job at Uber. Walk us
1: through your mindset of making this decision. Yeah, this is such an interesting one. So what happened was I was at Uber. I got pregnant right sort of before the pandemic. I was in my second trimester when the pandemic really, really hit and um had my baby it was great uber offers wonderful you know paid leave i think it's 18 weeks and i was rounding out my mat leave and i just i just didn't want to go back so quickly i think i've always struggled with this idea of you know really putting my all into my career which is not an option for me like I'm either in it and fully in it or or not and so I can't really like work and and be half in it but I really always wanted to be super involved with my kids and so the pandemic hit I had a baby it really it was pre-vaccine there wasn't really a good workaround for me personally to go back to work because I didn't you know feel comfortable putting her in daycare having a nanny at that time it was really peak peak COVID at that time. It was summer of 2020, and so I just didn't go back to Uber. I decided, like, you know what? I'm going to take this leap. I'm not going to work. I had worked every single week of my life, life. really, because <laughs> yeah. I, I worked, Yeah, and uh, I never took a break. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this, and I did. I took a whole year off, and I spent it with my daughter, and it was the most cathartic, most rewarding thing. I've ever done. And it was definitely different and uncomfortable. I'm, I'm, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm an overachiever. I'm type a, I, you know, I like to be busy and it really slowed me down and gave me, um, I think lifelong perspective, honestly. And so it honestly, it gives me such principle Around this this new hot topic about paid family leave, which is new for the kitchen table conversation, but has been um very prominent for working moms forever. I'm so glad that it's now a hot topic in you know the general public, but for another conversation. But anyway,
0: um <laughs> no, I as I was rounding out my yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As
1: I was rounding out my year away from work, my now partner, Ro who I've been friends with for years. We worked together at Uber, actually, together. He had pitched me a couple, you know, a few times throughout the couple of years about this company and coming over and working with him. He and I were kind of like, uh, I don't know how to, like, we're we're kind of like oil and water, but also like, the perfect combination or complementary um, qualities. He's like this visionary, mad scientist, magnetic CEO type, and I am like a list maker, organized, trackers, et cetera. And so we always worked well together at Uber, but he he basically made the the strong pitch to me. He told me about the new pivot that the company took and really what the concept was, which is digitizing and democratizing, building a retail brand for creators, entrepreneurs, predominantly female creators and entrepreneurs, which I really, really obviously am passionate about. And I was hooked. I think the concept was so, so compelling. And I was very clear about what I needed um, in terms of being a working mom. And he was incredibly supportive. I said to him, you know, I want to take a couple hours out of the week to take my daughter to swim class or to her toddler program at the preschool or whatever it is. And he was like, listen, like, I trust you. I know you get work done. I know that you're responsible. Like you do what you need to do to be involved with your daughter, Mila, and also like get fulfillment from this job. And so he's been so incredible and it's been such a great journey so far.
0: I think that is so smart of him, too, because you are going to be so much more fulfilled. You're going to actually have the life you want, not just the job you want, but it will fit into your life. And also just such a good lesson for anyone listening that when you are in your worth and you communicate what you need, oftentimes you will be surprised how many times those
1: needs are met. Absolutely. And you just you have to be forthcoming about it. You have to be realistic about it with your, you know, hiring manager or whoever it is. It's like, I'm going to be my best self. I'm going to have maximum impact if I'm happy as a human, right? Because ultimately, like life isn't about work, you know? It it, it just isn't. We work to live. We don't live to work. And yes. so if you're really clear about your constraints, then you're going to be happier and and more fulfilled and more productive. Yes, I definitely work later into the evening, but it's because I took 2 hours out of the day to be with my daughter and nothing, you know, nothing is more worth it than that. And so he's been, you know, it's it's so ironic. He doesn't he doesn't have a child himself, but he is the most the most naturally and genuinely supportive partner when it comes to balancing my family and my job that I could have ever imagined. So freaking important.
0: That makes me so happy that you have that. Yeah. So I'm gonna kind of explain what Pietra does just so for context. But tell me if sure. I if I miss anything. But from my perspective, Pietra, if you are a creator or a woman or anyone, but primarily women who wants to start their own brand, you guys give them everything they need in order to do that from production to connections with suppliers to shipping. That's amazing. Is this is this correct? It is.
1: Yeah, this is correct. It is amazing. So so really, the platform has been built to provide resources and tools to anyone who wants to start a retail line. So what that looks like is someone can actually log into the platform. First of all, they'll get a personalized what we call blueprint, but it's sort of a business plan or guide to how they should actually start this line. And so it gives them kind of analytics on their social, you know, their social presence and and what their followings are interested in and what will be compelling to them from a product standpoint. But then it gives them timelines on when they should do what, what types of suppliers they should be working with, what types of products they should be considering, and then everything through the value chain. So um, how they'll be working through getting packaging for those products, how they will actually have their products be assembled and kitted and then fulfilled once they actually sell them, what their Shopify um, setup will look like, what other channels they can sell their products in. So it's it's pretty awesome. this platform, and then you can actually execute on all of that. So you can find a database of suppliers in our platform. You can look at all of the products, you can order samples, um, you can chat with those suppliers to customize exactly what you want to do. And remember, this isn't just kind of private label or, or white label merch. This is like you are building your own product and you're customizing your own product. And so you're working with a supplier to do that. And then once you do order it, and you have your inventory, it actually gets shipped to our warehouse. We handle all of the assembly with your custom packaging and your product lines. And then we do all of your fulfillment, storage, returns, exchanges, et cetera. So really, all you have to do is manage your brand, grow your brand with your social following or, or you know with your marketing, um, and we kind of handle all of the rest. Incredible.
0: I've built a few businesses before, so I know in my mind, I'm just thinking how much work that is and all of the different angles. So as chief operating officer, which are my favorite people, because that is so not me. I'm so much more like the vision side. So I love, love (laughs) COOs. But what is your day to day of really growing this company? Because there's so many
1: moving parts. Yeah, there are. There are a lot of moving parts. It's funny. It's it's different than Uber, but it is also a marketplace, right? There there are different components that kind of come together in this hub or in this platform. And so my day-to-day is really managing and maximizing the value from the team on all parts of that marketplace. So thinking about our suppliers, right? What kinds of suppliers do we want on the platform? Obviously, we have very strict vetting processes and, and standards for all of our suppliers. So we want to make sure that they've been in business, they have high quality products. We actually get samples from each of our suppliers in the vetting process um, shipped to my house or to the CEO's (laughs) house so that we can actually vet all of the products. So there's kind of that side of the house, which is making sure our suppliers provide a high quality experience, but also high quality products. And our suppliers are all over the world. So that means we have a team in China, a team in the US, et cetera. Um, and then the other side of the house is really thinking about the creator experience. So, you know, we have um, a customer happiness team or a customer service team who's actually helping creators throughout the process, really kind of understanding what they need, answering their questions, making sure that the platform is working for them. And then there's kind of everything in between. So remember, we do fulfillment. So we also have a fulfillment center with an awesome team on the ground there. Um, and so really making sure that um, we're meeting our SLAs. So we actually have 24-hour fulfillment, right? So things come into the warehouse Um, like an order comes into the warehouse and we fulfill it that day. And so really kind of managing that side of it as well. And then all of the other things that the, you know, the C- COO usually manages. So our financial reporting, you know, negotiating a lease, things like that, yeah. um, that are kind of the the additional kind of components. That's
0: overwhelms my brain, but
1: it's really, really amazing. So what do
0: you think then is something that you have learned to be very good at or you are naturally really good at that you feel like has really helped you? That's if you're like, if someone were to learn how to do this, they would be so much better at what they do.
1: Yeah, I think team management is like a really, really, really critical skill for any leader at a company. and no one is perfect at managing a team. I'm definitely not saying that I'm I'm the perfect manager, but I think managing a team is such an important skill and I think one thing that every leader, every manager should get really good at is kind of identifying and extracting everyone's kind of superpower, right? Everyone has their own little like amazing skill and it may not be something obvious, like, oh, they're good at spreadsheets or they're good Mm -hmm. at making decks, right? Everyone has this kind of little skill that really probably on a team of 10, like only one person has, right? It's their superpower. And I think... Finding what that is in every person is super, super valuable because if you kind of just arbitrarily assign projects to people or try to motivate them to be interested in a certain project, it's just like you're forcing it, right? You can't force a square peg into a circle hole or whatever that expression is. Um, It's really about figuring out like, oh, what is that person really, really good at? What have I seen in their work that's super unique? And how do I build around that? Because that's really gonna make the flywheel of a company go really, really fast and really, really well. And this is something that I think I learned at Uber as I was managing larger and larger teams, which is like if something's not working, don't give up, right? There is probably a superpower that you haven't found yet in someone. And it's really just harnessing that um, that I think is really, really valuable.
0: Yes, that's really, really good advice. So within this kind of startup environment, there are often, I'm sure, changes that are being made quite often and ups and downs and and a lot coming at you at different times. How do you stay balanced and even despite anything like that that may be occurring?
1: Yeah, I think... It's interesting. I think the two things that actually really balance me are probably my daughter because at the end of the day, at the end of all of the pendulum swings, you kind of go back to this little cheery, cute toddler who, (laughs) um, you know, is totally outside this world. Right. And I think it really does ground you to have something else in your life that is kind of consistent outside of the ups and downs of the startup world. And interestingly enough, the second thing that balances me is actually Ro, my CEO. He's really, really good at keeping perspective and keeping kind of that mindset of sometimes you have to shut your computer, go on a walk, and just let it all go because that's A, where you do your best thinking, and B, you need to let your mind kind of shut down when you're in this environment and really process and digest what's going on. And so I think having the opportunity and support to actually do that from your partner at work is very, very powerful. Because if I say to him, listen, even if it's 3 p.m. or whatever, and I'm like, listen, this has been a crazy day, I just need to walk for 20 minutes to really process things. He's not only uh, kind of okay with it, he's like very, very uh, encouraging of that. And so I think those are two practices that I have that really keep me balanced is carving out that time to step away, shut my laptop and think about things, but also prioritizing spending time with my daughter, even during the craziest days.
0: (laughs) So something that is, it might be kind of a random question, but Because you're very into lists and your brain is very organized, what are some platforms or different softwares that you use that just keep you in that organized
1: state? Probably not going to be a great answer for you, but (laughs) I've tried so many different platforms. And I think for me, flexibility is like the most important Piece of the way I do my workflow. And so I just use Google Sheets because I can color code and organize and reorganize as much as I need to. And I've found that other platforms just kind of impose too much predetermined structure.
0: I use Google Sheets too. I'm doing
1: something right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got their thing though. I'm, yeah, t- I'm totally so thrilled. True. And it's funny, even on my team, like I don't mandate a certain type of um, organizational tool. I think everyone works and thinks in their own way, and I'm very cool with that. So someone uses Coda, someone uses Asana, some people use handwritten lists, um, and I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah.
0: So within your hiring process, then, what is something that you look for when when building out your team?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think one really important thing is self-awareness, humility we often neglect like the human component of working and going to work. Hard skills are important. Soft skills are important. Sales skills are important. But really like connecting with people, having empathy is super, super powerful. It's something that um, was prioritized on some of my teams at Uber and so- some teams not at all. And you can really tell the difference between people that care about each other, people that care about morale, and how the person next to them is feeling it is just so valuable because people feel comfortable to bring themselves to work, to be honest and to to do what they need to do for the, for the good of the team. And I think that's a really, it's a really unique opportunity in a startup to prioritize something like that. And both Ro and I believe in it so much. And so in the hiring process, I'm really looking for that. I'm looking for self-awareness. Does someone understand their limitations? Do they understand uh, how to deal with conflict, how to deal with escalation? Those types of moments are like make or break moments in your day-to-day as a team. And having someone who, who understands the importance of that is, is like invaluable.
0: Yeah. And that's so important because if someone's listening, even if you don't know what you want to do, you can truly hone in on those skills of becoming more self-aware. And those are things that you can start right now, even if you
1: have no idea what industry you want to be in or what you want to build. Totally. Absolutely. Cause, cause skills can, you know, like how to use sheets or how to design or whatever it is, like you can teach that. Right. And it's not to say that we bring everyone in who has no skills whatsoever, but I think (laughs) the things that, uh, that really like really make people shine is that like that social awareness.
0: Yes. I'm the same. I fully hire off of instincts and sometimes someone's background is not the perfectly (laughs) aligned background you would think. And I just have a gut feeling, you know,
1: about them. Yeah, it's kind of like dating, right? Even if you hire someone for a particular role, if they're a really awesome person, and if they're a great worker, and if they're smart—both kind of like emotionally smart, but also technically smart—they can do anything, right? Or they can do a number of things. And so, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more.
0: So this is a unique question for you because you're a mom. But as Mila grows up, what's something that you hope changes? Just in the workforce in general, so that she can be her best, most empowered self.
1: You know, it's it's funny. I mentioned this before. Like, this is this is a hot topic right now. But I have been so passionate about paid family leave for years. It's just something I had so much anxiety about growing up. Which is like, I really want to work. I really want um, an amazing career. But I really want to be there for my kids. And it was hard for me. It was hard for me when i felt like i needed to make a choice getting pregnant was planned but emotional because i felt like okay now i'm really in this how am i going to do this and i think the fact that women even have that thought is just so unfortunate and so what i really hope is that you know whatever's going on right now with with this bill and the fact that paid family leave was removed from the bill has sparked a conversation in every house in every company hopefully for every hr you know director and so I really hope that by the time Mila is in this position, it is just standard that women get the support that they need. And I don't want to speak in vague terms because it's so important. I mean, even the fact that four weeks was on the table. I mean, I I posted about this, but it's a slap in the face. Anyone who's had a child knows that you need way more than four weeks. And I had a very easy birth. I had a very healthy child, knock on wood. And I still needed, I mean way more than I felt Uber even gave me, which was 18 weeks. I think women need a lot of time. Your child changes a lot in the first year. I think that everyone needs to be a little bit more realistic about this um, and a little bit more supportive. My goal, honestly, for our company, (laughs) getting to Series B is not just getting to Series B, but honestly, so that I can offer 12 months paid leave to our employees um, when they have children. That is my goal.
0: (laughs) And it's so true. I mean take into consideration also like post-traumatic stress disorder, anything that can come with having a baby. And also, I just really believe that if men could get pregnant, like this wouldn't even be a question. It would just be like the office <laughs> is shutting down
1: and everyone's
0: like, we're, we're done for a year. We'll see you. We'll see you in 365 days.
1: <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. It's mind blowing. It's honestly mind blowing. And, and we could go we could go into this for hours about, you know, the society changes over the last few decades about women in the workforce and, and, you know, the, the changing trends even between our generation and our parents' generation. But now women are put in this really funky place where it's like, you know, you need to work and women work and whatever, but, but like, oh, but wait, you don't get any support when you have a kid, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is just, it's preposterous, honestly.
0: It is. And just one last thing on this, So I was I was speaking with a woman last weekend and she's a mom. She has three kids and she doesn't work. And we were just talking about how like the societal pressures on that of just being a mom and how she gets so much shame and like just the looks if she does, you know, even though you do work, do you feel like becoming a mom has kind of like you have gotten a new sense of like judgment or any sort of change within that
1: transition? Yeah. It's funny. The year that I didn't work quote unquote, was like the hardest work I would say of my life. I think being alone with a child all day or multiple children all day is obviously fun and great, but it is so much work. So my hat is off to to all the quote unquote stay-at-home moms or non-working moms. It is such a job. It is a hard job. Selfless it takes so job. much, oh, it's a selfless job. It takes so much mental fortitude, physical fortitude. It is a job this judgment that women, women actually have towards each other. Men don't have as much judgment, right? Like women are the ones who judge each other about whether or not they work. And we all know where that comes from, right? We're we're all second guessing ourselves all the time. And so when you're a working mom and you see someone who's not working, you have an emotion about that. Right. And that emotion is actually coming from, from your feelings about you working or the other way around. Right. And so I think that I have the privilege of of having been in both positions of not working and working. They're both very hard, almost equally hard. And so I think we need to kind of just support each other and and recognize that both situations are very, very difficult and worth uh, praise. Absolutely. And respect. And respect.
0: Yes. Because I feel like that's the most selfless job because I love work and I can't imagine just how much work you're doing and then how little like you're not getting paid. You're not getting a lot of words of affirmation and unless you have a very supportive oh, yeah. spouse, which not a lot of people do or a partner. You know, it's right. It's really important.
1: It's almost entirely selfless, right? When you go to work, there's a lot of like I mean, not not every job, right? Let's be really clear. A lot of people go to work and they don't feel fulfilled in their jobs, whatever type of job it is. And so there is a lot of selflessness in in actually Working a corporate job or working a non corporate job, but I think working with a child <laughs> takes a lot of patience as well because you know children are totally different than than adults. And so I think yeah, there, there's just a, a selfless uh, component and and the patience required is is pretty is pretty unique.
0: Yeah, yes, I can imagine. <laughs> My last question for you this has been such an amazing conversation, and I really hope that moms are listening just because this is, I think, just so needed this conversation. But my last question for you is what advice do you have for women who are just really wanting to go out there and create the life of their dreams and are possibly dealing with fear or just a little bit something that's holding them back?
1: I would say probably three things. The first I would say is find some mentor. I know this is so trite, so cliche, but find someone who sort of has the life that you're looking to have and talk to them. Ask them to help you. Ask them to help you work through it. You know, growing up, my mom actually didn't work outside the home. But one of my best friends' moms did. She was a, a, actually like very very accomplished judge in the the court system, and she also always made it to school plays, and she made it to to every kind of school event. And so, as I've been going through this journey, I've really looked to her just for those encouraging words or normalizing conversations about yeah, sometimes it does feel messy but that's okay. And so I think finding a mentor who can kind of guide you through whatever the steps it'll take to get to whatever that life it is that you want. I think the second thing is being really clear about what your constraints are and communicating them to the people around you. So in my case, those constraints were spending enough time with my kid every day. And I learned over time to really, really communicate that to the people that were around me. And, and those people aren't only my my business partner, Roe, but also my husband. Right. And so I think being very communicative and clear about what you're looking for, what your constraints are, and holding the line, right? Yes. Um, and so I think, yeah, that's that's really important. And then um, I think the third thing is don't be too wedded to a particular vision of what your life should look like. Things change. The pandemic taught us all. that you can't plan. And I think being flexible and really checking in with yourself every six months or every year, like, is this feeling good? Is this Mm -hmm. what I want? Mm -hmm. Um, And if it feels good, but it's not exactly what you envisioned, that's okay too, right? I didn't think I would take a year off to be with my kid. And I was a little bit freaked out about that when I started out, but I kept checking in with myself and it, it still felt right. And so, I kind of went with it. And so I think being flexible and knowing that the plan might not go as planned <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and that it's okay that is so,
0: so, so good. Tala, thank you so much. Where can everyone find you just to keep following along on your journey?
1: You can find me on Twitter. Feel free to to dm me on on Twitter. I'm on there. I'll send you the link to uh, to Pietra's. Creator Hub, you can check it out, um, and I can include my email there if anybody wants to reach out. We're hiring, yes. and yeah, feel free to reach out to me. Anybody out there who's kind of grappling with these these issues or these questions, or or just interested in in the company that we're building?
0: Yeah, we'll link everything in the show notes. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank and I'm you, so Jenna. It. It's been yeah. so fun. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode and are feeling so fired up to go out there and create that business or side hustle that's been on your to-do list, you know, a little bit longer than you care to admit. It is never too late to make the first step towards the life you want more than anything else. If you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep becoming the woman of your wildest dreams.